You're listening to the Future Tech Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain, the microbiome, quantum computing, virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play right now, and the companies that are using these technologies are the focus of this podcast. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you. This is uh, Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech and Future Tech Health Podcast. I have uh, Lawrence Gust, the founder of Gust Enviro, and we're going to be talking about uh, indoor air environments and, and health. So, Larry, thank you for coming. You're welcome. Richard. Tell me, what's, uh, what is Gust Enviro? What does Gust Enviro do? What do you guys focus on? Well, I uh, I am uh, the only guy in the company, and I uh, focus on the evaluation of environmental factor home. I do some smaller offices or even some larger offices, you know, various issues, primarily electromagnetic radiation these days. In years past, it was more slanted toward mold when mold was more of an issue or more on more on the horizon. So and I've been doing that for 27 years, a while. When you talk about uh, electromagnetic radiation, how do people know that it's a problem? Or what are the sources of it? Well, you know, that's kind of the issue with it. It's, it's it's invisible, and unless you have an assessment done, you really can't tell if wiring error affecting your living space. So, I mean, kind of like you make the invisible visible with the right instrumentation. Um, however, and, and most people are kind of unaware that this could be a problem in their home, uh, particularly with what's happened in the last, you say, 15 or 20 years, the number of cordless or wireless devices increased. Cordless phones were probably first, ended up with wireless internet connections, and we have all these entertainment systems like Apple TV and Roku, and they're all pulsing radio frequency enters the air as an issue for people, but they don't really recognize. They may after they hear this, but it's a, it's a very large health issue, probably bigger than anything that ever came before before we got this stuff in offices as well. But your home is your castle, and it's the place where you're going to you're going to heal, hopefully, from the ravage of the day. And so again, how do people even know to call you in? What goes wrong with a will even be aware that EMF could be a problem? Well, it's a very low percentage of the population. They read an article in the paper. I mean, there are the occasional articles in the paper now about cell phones, now about the fifth generation 5G cell phone system. So it just happens to be an aware part of the population who have done some homework or have talked to a friend. They've said something like that. Maybe they ought to have this checked out. Uh, frequently, I get uh, them from their doctor. It could be a you know, leading edge MD. It could be a chiropractor who are you know much more into these sorts of things. Other health other healthcare practitioners also refer people, and I get word of mouth people who are telling their friends that they ought to have this. So that's you know that's kind of the way this all goes today. So again, what are some of the effects that people will experience, or what health effects will they have where they should well, you know, health, call someone yeah, like you? I, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Um, 
in reality, there's a large amount of health effects, but not everybody uh, like feels the same thing. So, uh, and it doesn't really make a difference with where the radiation source is. It's, you know, cell phone, cordless phone, your TV, the the, uh, the so-called smart electric meter that they put on your house for years. But the, the symptoms are concentration difficulty for a lot of people, bad headaches, fatigue. Inability to sleep or sleep disruption, you know, headaches and depressions, uh, irritability during the day, which, of course, if you're not getting good sleep, it's reasonable to have that. Uh, there's even digestive system upsets from being in the loss of appetite. I mean, I've had people with muscle spasms, particularly in bed, you know, numbness and tingling to the extremities, particularly with hands that are uh, you know, on computer keyboards and, you know, the mouse. Tinnitus, tinnitus, the ringing in the ears is pretty common complaint, especially with smart meters. Uh, people feel kind of mentally spacey, lightheaded. We know it interferes with learning, so having Wi-Fi in school, foolish idea. Uh, so those are the, you know, those are kind of a laundry list of symptoms. So in a home, what, what's the first thing to look at or to fix? You know, is it your bedroom where you sleep for eight hours a night? Is it um, particular types of devices? Okay. Yeah, you, you want to have your yeah, so you want to have your sleeping area is your first line of defense against what's happening, you know, when you go out during the day and you can't control what your exposure is most likely. What should you do with your bedroom? Well, it should be free of uh, any kind of wireless generating device. Not a no cordless phone base station, no wireless internet, what they call a router with the, you know, with the wireless feature on that be apt in your bedroom, or it should be turned off at night. You uh, should, if you have uh, what you call entertainment systems in their, in their bedroom, I think that ought to be in a power strip and you flip it off at night because so many of the components in entertainment systems now are having wireless radiation, whether you know it or not, or you use it or not, the cable boxes, the Apple TV, the, the internet, all these things seem to be emitting. Since you can't tell, the safest thing is, it's, you know, like you're like I do with mine. When I'm done watching TV, I flip off the power to the whole everything. I know for certain there's nothing radiating when I'm sleeping. There's one other thing is that we really need to think about, uh, and that's kind of an old-fashioned, uh, an old-fashioned kind of radiation. Um, coming from the wiring in the wall. Now, this has been a, a component of our sleeping environment since uh, the early 1960s, late 1950s. We started wiring our houses with plastic jacketed wiring, which you know, essentially that means it's like extension cord on your lamp, approved for being in the walls. It took it out of the metal tubing it used to be in, and that let electric field or electric fields into the environment, and it puts an unnatural voltage that vibrate 60 times a second on your body and it's been shown over the years here to be really really interfere with sleep heart palpitation waking up and flipping and tossing and turning muscles waking up tired having a poor allergy response during the day that'd be better if you so what do you do about that well you locate the uh, the circuits uh, that you know, every house has got multiple they call branch circuits individual circuits that come off of circuit breaker panel and go out into the house to serve outlets and appliances you want to find the ones that control the area around your bed and turn that off. There, you know, there are test devices. Body, the easiest being measuring your body voltage. This puts a voltage on your body. Unnatural. There's no 
there's no 60 cycle, a 60 vibration a second voltage pulse in the natural environment. We invented our home. So you can buy one of these uh, one of these body voltage test kits. Uh, if you look on my website, you'll see who's actually selling that. And you can measure body voltage, and you can turn circuit breakers on and off and determine which ones have to be off. And then you have this nice, clean environment. No electric fields. You've got your cordless base station, cordless phone base station, your router in the room. You have your cell phone. You can use it for an alarm, but you have to have it on airplane because every three minutes, big pulse of RF. The telephone company know it's there, and it here's where you need to route the calls. So when you clean up your bedroom with all of those things, you have a modern environment. Um, I should mention also that there could be radiation coming from outside your home. How close are the cell phone tower? How close are you to your neighbors with name devices in an apartment building? And your your neighbors on the other side of the wall, they've got a wireless router and a cordless telephone and you're being affected. You obviously can't turn their stuff off, so there are shielding products that you can put up in the walls with your home and their home stop this room. That's kind of a, a, a capsule view of what people could do. So what are the first things that you would do with fix the bedroom? And then if someone first has a serious I, condition, yes, yes. kind of go from there? Or? Yes, I certainly I start with the bedroom because that's your eight hours of restorative sleep. We know that there's plenty of research. I mean, there's like 10,000 independent research and this stuff is <clears throat> no good for you. It's deleterious effects. So I don't think there's any argument with it unless you've got some sort of a hidden agenda that there's a, you know, that they're biologically active. So the easy thing, but turn off your Wi-Fi and your cordless, turn off your entertainment system. Those things are all basically no cost to you. See how you sleep. See how you feel. Stick with it, at, you know, for for a couple three weeks, and uh, and uh, and, um, and and don't wait to see if you you feel terrific after just one night. Your body probably a while to adjust to its better sleeping condition. There, um, you know, I had the idea. It'd be nice if there was a way to <clears throat> remotely shut off all these things you're talking about, and even tie it to your alarm. So when you go to bed at night, you know, it, you know shut all these things off, and then automatically turn them back on when you wake up. There's such a thing. Well, I mean, there's you know the the, the typical Christmas light timers that you buy at almost everywhere. Buy one that has a battery backup. The power goes off. You know the timing, but you. I mean, that's what I suggest to people. If you can't remember to do it, then put a timer on the power strip for the TV on your cordless telephone on your Wi-Fi router. Uh, there are also like uh, if you can't get to it, there are these. Uh, uh, wireless remote controls, a little <clears throat> box you plug into in the outlet, and then you plug whatever device into that, and then you have a little handheld remote, like maybe a keychain remote control like you used to for cars, and you can flick that off when you get tired of reading and you're ready to go to sleep. So there's everybody needs to, you know, they can do what they think will work best for their lifestyle. There are remote controls that you have an electrician install at the, at the circuit breaker panel, and all the circuits that you found are raising your body voltage in your sleeping area. You run those through this system, and then you have a handheld remote control in your bedroom and can turn it off. Hmm. So, I mean, so there's ways around this. Some of it is, you know, if you want to get these remote things that you're saying, Richard, that, you know, you have to, you know, there's some money to be spent. That, that remote control system that you, gets installed by the circuit breaker panel is uh, that the, uh, that those, those devices they require an electrician. There may be three, four hundred dollars for the parts. The electrician's time is probably not put it in. So you know, now there's an investment. You could turn it off yourself, but it's a you know matter of convenience if you want to spend the money for convenience. 
So when you come in to, to assess in a house, what kind of devices or instruments do you use to tell them their EMF load? Well, yes, there, you know, there, are, there are meters. And by the way, on my website, uh, there are what I would call consumer-grade meters, not professional. They're lower in cost. They're wanting to get some of their own. Um, and, and as another aside, I also will supply instruments through the mail and can do an assessment over, over like Skype with the video and they can go around and I can guide them. There's ways to do it without buying instruments, renting. What do I have? Well, there, every one of these energies takes a different measure, or they have to be dual-purpose instruments. A number of these, a unit that measures magnetic fields, record them, and it can also break down the um, the frequencies that are being experienced uh, with those energies, display those. I think everybody, many people who listen to this probably recognize the word dirty electricity. We kind of call it MEP or microsurge electrical pollution. Surges of electricity that are traveling on your wires and they not do very well with pulsing. Uh, there's a way to measure that and what it is. Filters you can put on address that. There are also uh, units that measure, meters that measure radio frequency. Mine show how strong this is, and there are some standards. What levels is be? There's research on what happens above certain levels. You put that all together in client action. So could a multimeter uh, do any of this diagnosis? Like what's a basic toolkit that people could get for themselves or with guidance to start evaluating their environment? Well, the multimeter is a, a part of this body voltage test kit I mentioned. You can assess the body voltage caused by the electric from the wiring. I mean, if you have a multimeter, connect one side to a to the outlet ground, and the other side you hold your hand. You're laying in bed and seeing the display of the voltage on your body. And you can turn circuit breakers on and off and watch it go up and down. You hit the ones that are applying the electric. What's your thought on the earthing? I don't know if you've heard about it, but... Uh... You know, grounding your sheets, grounding yourself for your bed. Is that good, bad, or, you know, a pseudoscience? Well, I, there's a, quite a bit of research that supports a lot of it was done out of the country. It's still medical research by the by the guy, Clint Ober, who discovered this idea or so. I've been sleeping grounded for at least as long as I've known him, and it's been shown to reduce influence because it supplies, it's not hocus-pocus, supplies electrons from the earth into your body, and your body has free radicals, and free radicals are positive charges, and they're happy to find a negative charge. You know, and that's why you take these various antioxidants in capsule form. That supplies negative charges to neutralize the positive charge, the free radical. You get those through a wire from, you know, from the earth. So uh, although I do, I do recommend that not follow the manufacturer's recommendation that they rather ground it into the soil outside as opposed to the electrical outlet, the manufacturer has equipment to allow it to, to happen both ways. I just think the electrical ground, if you, if you look at it, it's got a lot of, of this dirt electricity on it. And it's got a voltage that's not zero. And so, you know, why sleep on that? Better off connecting it to the earth itself. So I think it's a real important improvement in a way to all the other things you do. But it's one of the ways to support your health and your healing, along with additive food and your other environmental factors. So can you, uh, does that counteract any of the effects of, you know, EMF in your sleeping environment to sleep grounded, or is it just uh, you should do it after you fix it? Well, that's correct. I mean, we want to be conservative in telling people to do. You need to fix elect, reduce the electric fields as much as possible yourself, too. That being said, I mean, I have a, had a couple of clients who were in very bad uh, situations from out, from cell phone tower radiation, were able to sleep 
better, but it was not a fix. I mean, I wouldn't recommend look at grounding themselves a solution. An EMF dirty environment, I who knows what that means for 10 years home free or, or you just felt better while your body didn't get better. So I don't know what, I don't know how to write that. I think you need to clean up. That's the most conservative or shield the sleeping environment that we talked about before. Okay. So you can um, help people. Like if someone's not local to you and they can't have you come into their home, you can do an assessment over Skype, you're saying? That's right. I've just started that. I conducted a couple of them now. It's effective. That's right. You know, they can get all the numbers and then we can, you know, I record them while they're doing the data collection and then we have a discussion of I think to be done and we can track down, let's say, strange strangeness and easily detect or if the source of the strangeness we found, we could perhaps get that taken care of over the, you know, over the air without somebody coming there. I can work with their with their electrician later, assess and address issues with their wiring. You know, about 60% of houses wiring are raise the magnetic fields. We didn't talk much about magnetic. Typically, oh, tell me power. a little bit about that. Yeah, so there's the our electric power system brings with it magnetic fields. The electric fields, the dirty electricity or microsurgical pollution. Generally, not generally. If your if your system, if your wiring in your house is in the house according to the electric code, the National Electric Code, then there aren't any problems with electric. Now, that doesn't preclude that utility lines are outside the house. They could cause a widespread field that's affecting the inside of your house. But if you have good wiring, then you don't have a problem from the wiring in your house. We do that assessment to see, in fact, there is. Also, you'd be surprised to learn that uh, that we have uh, we have current flows often, not all the time, on the water pipe come, and on the cable TV line coming into your house are like one-way current flows. Don't have an opposing flow going the other way right next to it. If you have that, then it would be canceled like the extension cord going to your lamp, not with a situation with the water line or TV line. So you need to find out, you know, find out why the current's going out the cable TV or in the key or on the water pipe and not going out the way it came in from the utility. to fix that. And once you fix that, then the big magnetic fields that come from the water cable TV, they'll go away. Let me make one other comment. I mean, if you you know envision a house where the water line runs down the middle of the house, front to back, it's a street, and it runs down the entire house, serving the path from the kitchen and forth. And the electric service <clears throat> comes in at the back of the house. You've got power lines between the between the two streets, you know, down the back lot line. And one of the things that has to be done by code is you have to connect the water pipes if they're if they're metal. You have to connect them to your electrical system neutral. And so that often drives current flow onto the water pipes instead of going back by way of the service drop from the power company. It's because Current goes back all possible ways it can find, and how much is flowing depends on how much resistance there is on the path. So, um, yeah. So, okay, okay. That, that you know, that's a, a, a that's a it's a bit more complicated to remediate than than the things we've been talking about before. But you can unplug it or turn or turn off circuit. So, when you've uh, have you helped anyone that hasn't, they, you know, someone wasn't at the stage where they're having headaches or tinnitus or any of that sort of stuff, they just want to improve their home and they don't have any like, you know, they don't have strong symptoms, but you went and you did it. Did they experience any relief or benefit or improvement in their sleep or other things? Like what, what have you heard anecdotally from customers? How has it helped them? Well, I, the, the, it's been my experience after the years I've been in this. You have symptoms that 
come and go, you're on the cusp of having a permanence. You need to address your environment with all haste so that you don't force your body to the situation. You, you know, like can't go anywhere and you're constantly reacting to uh, the standard environment that's around. That goes back to what you mentioned earlier. We mentioned earlier, clean up your sleeping. You've got eight hours of time where your body recover from, you know, from the abuses of the day. Okay. If you were to do a Skype assessment with somebody, what do they need to be ready to do the Skype assessment? Like, what's the list of things? Well, I send them, I send them what they need, what I call a protocol. What, you know, what are we going to do first, second, third? And they follow the protocol or we follow the protocol for Skype video and or some other video. Um, and we just go through the house. We have, as I say, three separate things or four separate things. So we end up going through the house four different times, go around the house, decide. You investigate uh, anything you find, discover why it's happening, what can be done to fix it. The story, that's a story. Do you literally, do you literally send them instruments and all that before the call or do they have to go out and buy? Yes, yes. I, I send them. Well, if they want, they, you know, they can get their own or I can ship these to them. Probably the most economical to ship is U.S. Post Office two, three day and they get them and they charge your credit card a deposit fee. And when they're done, they just ship them back by the same way. Oh, and, uh, how long does the uh, assessment take and how much does it run? Well, it, it basically depends on the house size. But let's say, and, and the fact that you are a little bit a novice a while longer to do it. So my fee is $150 an hour and that's the amount of time it takes. <sighs> let's say the average something under 2,000 square foot house, maybe three hours. Okay. So about three hours for the person, even a novice can do it in three hours with your guidance? Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're, we're talking about, you know, Rule of thumb here, but yes. Uh huh. Okay. Well, very good. Any again, any uh, comments from people that you've helped? What what have they said? Like, do they they experience a dramatic difference? Did nothing happen for a few weeks and then they felt different? I, I think you know the key here is you know, how did how did they start out? <clears throat> you know, some of my clients are are just aware and problems. Other people are calling me because they got problems. So you know. People are thrilled with the information, uh, and they feel safer. Uh, people are headaches have gone away. They can sleep. You know, one of the interesting things is that when you can't sleep, life is hell, right? Lay in bed all night and you can't get to sleep, or you wake up and you can't get to sleep. So those are notable changes in your life. People are are very happy. Heart problems, these heart problems are another thing. They're very frightening. Their heart be racing. People are vastly relieved, that sort of thing. So it just depends, you know, it depends on what their problem is. I get some clients who are uh, are quite ill and we, you know, do the best we can to improve their, their environment and hope that in the long run, that improvement will result in their body calming down and they're not being sick. I mean, and, and you know, they're happy to have, you know, they're happy to have the, have the, the, the invisible made visible and we know it's no good. So we're hoping that now that we've taken care of that, that they'll, their body will become less. And that's been my experience with clients. No, that's great. So Larry, what's the best way for people to get in touch? If they're local to you, where is that? And if they're not local, how do they set up a Skype session or find out about doing that? Well, the best thing for them to do is to email me. I mean, if you go onto my website, there's a uh, 
uh, a section that says you want to talk to Larry and then you know, say, well, here, you know, here's my, what I'm interested in learning. And here are some times I'm available. Then I'll write back to them and we'll schedule a time to talk. Uh, I charge $9 for the first 30 minutes. That's the minimum. And then after $2 and 30 cents a minute. And, you know, frankly, most people, if they're really fast, they don't get off on any tangents. 30 minutes covers a lot of ground. And, but an hour typically is most of what it takes to answer most questions. Short, you know, short of a full evaluation with instruments like you were talking about. Right, okay. Well, very good. Well, Larry, thank you for uh, for coming on the podcast. I appreciate you being here. Well, it's been my pleasure. It's good talking with you. You're listening to the Future Tech Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain, the microbiome, quantum computing, virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play right now, and the companies that are using these technologies are the focus of this podcast. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you. Thank you.